We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings. Reminder to all of you to smash the like out there, sub to the channel, and subscribe to the Cuss Corner exclusive audio podcast feed where you can watch, well, you can watch them on Mayo Media Network, all of them. You can catch up on all of the oldies, but still goodies, on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, because this is the 45th edition of Cuss Corner. Cuss Corner, it's Cuss Corner. Cuss Corner, it's Cuss Corner. He's got the hottest takes with the highest stakes. He should be president of the United States. But it's Cuss Corner, it's Cuss Corner. Cuss Corner. <laughs> That's not what it's called. I heard it is what it's called. No, it's not. If you search it, will it come up? I don't know what it'll come up. It should come up as Top Cat Corner or something like that. Does it, though? I don't know. I don't usually what, use... what, what do you think, Gary and Thorne? I think we're getting old, uh, is mostly <laughs> what I think. And yet, Tim's takes remain just as terrible as they were 10 years ago. I suppose that's true. Do you want to kick one off here? Sure. I mean, I have a list of things we can discuss, and in some maybe we'll hold back for the mini. But, like, so I'm very... Fr- there's a, I have several frustrations with grocery stores right now. I think I should be able to drive an F1 car on a track. Okay, let's start uh, with that. Okay. Whoa! All right. It seems to me, this occurred to me as I was thinking about like when we did the Super Bowl experience in Minnesota. And it was a really fun experience to do sort of like combine stuff. And it seems to me that all professional sports should have venues where the average Joe can just go participate in some of the events that a sport has. And it seems to me that F1's in Canada, there ought to be tracks around where you can just get in an F1 car and like try to drive like an F1 car through the... They're looking at me. But, I mean, I think it would be actually a lot of fun. I'm not, I'm not debating that it would be a lot and of fun. And I think I should be able I to get behind the wheel of an F1 car like a McLaren and just zoom around the track. Well, here's the difference. At the NFL Combine experience that we did, you got to run a 40. So their biggest liability was you having a heart attack trying to run as fast as you can. Gary, and with the F1, first you have to build a track, which is apparently not just at the one track that we have in the country or... 
you know, uh-huh. the four that people have that around wherever they're at in their country. You have to build specific tracks for all of this. But additionally, you're now getting into a car that's probably worth thirty million dollars or something crazy. It like may that. be expensive, but look, I'll sign. A, you can sign a waiver before that. You you're leave. that you're on the hook for the thirty million. Well, no, not for that. But like in for case what? Like then? Like what, what are you on the hook for? In case I get injured or something. No one gives like, a shit if you get injured. They care about the car. I just. I should be, you don't have to have it. You can put a governor on it so that I can't get it up to like 250 kilometers so, an hour. So you just want to drive in a car at 40 kilometers No, an no, hour? like I should be able to zoom around at like 160 or so and just like. One make, si- miles make, per hour. No, kilometers an hour. You, okay, you won't even drive like 110 in your car. I will at times. I just, it would be a lot of fun and it's so much easier to drive an F1 car, I think, than a lot of other cars because you don't have to do huh? the physical Wait. shifting of the gears. It's all on the little steering wheel. Have I, you ever, I mean, I have those in my car, the pedals. Yeah, the pedal shift. You can just yeah. like, click a button and I go, oh, this gear. So up, you this have gear never down. used them, have you? Well, no, because I don't have the opportunity to use them. It would be well, a so lot Tim, of fun. Tim, do you even play like video games? Like you're talking about it like it's a video game controller, which it sort of is. It but is. you don't strike me as someone who has a lot of experience just like playing video games. Not either. racing games, but again, this is all part of the experience. Like you get to put the helmet on and the suit and you get to get into the car and you just get to zoom around and weave through the track. And- hold, hold on. Hold on a second. Be a lot of fun. The suit you get to put on the suit. How much do you think that suit's worth? Well, I'm sure like the high end ones are a few hundred bucks. Do you think that there are low end F1 anything? You can get a lower end one, I'm sure, for this purpose that they could. This isn't a real thing. Why would they have low end ones? So that people who are the average Joe can come off the street, put one on, and drive around. They're not going to. A way if you want to get people F1 in particular is a growing sport. A way to get people really like into the sport in places in the world where they're not as popular would be to allow the average person at certain events to get in the car and like cruise around in it and have experience. And you can tell people, actually, I've been in an F1 car and here's sort of how it works. And when you're watching the races, you can sort of like say to people, okay, well, this is actually what they're doing here. And if I've been in one before, (laughs) I think it would be a lot of fun. Wait, you just want to be able to mansplain F1 to people? That's your like, your goal? I just think it would be a lot of fun and it would also drum up a lot of interest if people could just like, the way at an air show, you like get in line to fly around in a plane a little bit. They don't let you fly the plane. No, but like you would have to have to like do a, like watch a little video or something and you just drive around and you get to, as long as you have a driver's license, you can cruise around in one of these things. Show me where the gas pedal is, where the gear shifts are. You can't, you can't even drive a standard regular car. I think these would be easier. I don't think F1 cars seem that that hard to drive compared to like a regular, like a stock car, which I think is probably harder to drive. Okay. First and foremost, there are simulators. So like you can get, you can get close to this experience as close as you'll ever get to this experience. The other thought I have is there's something similar to this with NASCAR. Um, There are, I, I remember, specifically going down to Disney world when I was like eight years old and universal studios had the Daytona experience where you could pay a crazy amount of money to get in a stock car and drive around Daytona, but like stock cars much more similar to like the average car. Um, I think there were restrictor plates in the cars to, to tell you how fast you could go. Um, Daytona is a circle not a street course and the tracks just there all the time, which I think is the big issue here. And that's the other thing is like, you know, you hear about famous people getting to be in like the pace car for a NASCAR race because someone else is driving. There's room for other people in those types of cars. An F1 car. I don't even know if I could fit 
physically in an F1 car. Like those things are small. Well, man. you have to make I, them a little bigger so that the average person get, can get in. Why would they do that? Why would they? So that people can have the experience because it would be a lot of fun to drive around would, in an F1 car. You okay? You want to do that? Raise your fifty million dollars and build a fucking car. Well, I'm not going to be able to. do Well, that. then you can't get in a fucking F1 car. I just think it would be an awesome experience and people would be hyped for it. That's great. And so that what they so what you're proposing that they do <laughs> is just lose a hundred million dollars so oh, you can drive can, in a. You put governors on it. No, oh, I'm just saying they would still have to build this car for you. They have millions of these cars in stock. You oh can, yeah, they just have. Like they they just have F1 ago. cars. Use one from three years ago or two years ago, like a, the one that's like last year's model or whatever. You still need to build the track. It's in this like Paul, Pat's how, major how, point. Here. How, how much do you think it would cost to build a track? I have no give idea. Me, give me an estimate. Depends where, I suppose. If you built it like somewhere where there was already some street, like I don't know, like a million bucks. Because it's not going to have to be one that like the actual race is taking place on. It has to be. Stop doing that. It has to be one that like people could just cruise around in. Million bucks to build a racetrack is what your estimate is. Not a racetrack that the actual racers would be on. You can't build a fucking sidewalk for a million dollars. You could even have like one of those big airplane hangers. Like those things are huge, and you could just like cruise around in one of those. So you need to buy the airplane hangar. There's lots of those around. Oh yeah, there's tons around. How much do you think airplane hangers go for? I these don't days? have the slightest. More idea. or less than a million dollars because we haven't even started to construct the track. And yet. then you can charge people like a thousand bucks a person to get in and like drive around and cruise around in an F1 car. This is the worst idea. It would be so much fun. I'm not debating that it would be fun. It's all part of my theory. Like, there should be stuff at the at the gym that I can practice, like, at the Olympics. There should be stuff that I could do, like, an F1 race. But there that's, be, that's like, have... a pretty good idea. That's that's not insane when you this say there insane. should be, like, it is. It's completely like, it insane. It doesn't have to be Again, F1. Make it F2, then, or something. Even, even putting aside the logistics of it. It is insane for you to think, as a normal person, you can hop into an F1 car that, as so- like, those things flip as soon as the slightest bit of air gets under them in the wrong direction, or you take a turn in the wrong way, and you think you can get in there and drive, I think you said 160 kilometers an hour in an F1 car? Yeah, that's like half of the speed that they're racing on some of those tracks. So basically, I'm driving half speed. For the highest and fastest cars on earth. How much fun would that be? How excited, how much more buy-in would there be from the public about F1 racing? Well, considering if you're talking about your average Joe, you're now charging them $1,000 a minute to drive in a car. You think it's going to be a real big hit? I mean, people spend $10,000 a person to go play in the World Series of Poker. So this is a tenth of that price to get the buy-in to that. The average Joe goes to that all the time. might actually win money doing that last one. (laughs) You might, but more, more likely you won't. Sure. Sure. It's all about the experience not, and the opportunity. The only, the only likelihood of me getting an F1 car is I'm going to die. So no I fate. feel like maybe winning the World Series of well, Poker a is a better license. sort of draw. This is Look, crazy. Man, it's just driving. Yeah. I, I live, like I said, you like, can't fit I, into it. You would have to lose 200 pounds. They would have to obviously have different size cars. Then you're size. not fucking drive an F1 car anymore. It's close enough. So... It doesn't need to be an F1 car. Okay, so it's just another thing I'm not allowed to do. I'm not allowed to practice. Well, you go do it. You want to do it, you go construct it. But no, it should be available for the average person to just get in a car and drive. But it's not. They are. It's called go-karts. Yeah, go drive a go-kart. It's not the same thing. As as driving the same sort of races through Monaco is what you're saying? It doesn't have to be Monaco. It could just be out somewhere like by an airport or something. Like one of those test tracks you always see on TV where people are like, they're testing cars at. Mm -hmm. They're already built. Look, man, I... I understand this because Thank I you. live I live like 200 meters 
from where the IndyCar track in Toronto is constructed every single year. Even, I think it was three weeks ago, they had still left the actual like IndyCart barriers up on the lakeshore. So when you turn onto the lakeshore, I start making noises with my mouth, like, <laughs> and driving like 90K, because it's very fun to pretend you're on a racetrack. But you're insane. You're insane. Like, there's no way this could ever be profitable. So many people would die. So many people no, would they die. Wouldn't. Yes, they would. Find the right speed. And we have advanced scientists. Find the right speed where it's safe for the average person to drive at. But no one makes any money off this. Why would people do this? Because it would be extremely popular. No, it would. Okay, maybe it would be. Let's say it was extremely popular. How would they ever recoup their money? Well, you're, if you're paying $1,000 a head every time and you have like 300 people a day who are wanting to do it or whatever. 300 people a day at a racetrack paying $1,000 an hour. This is what your projection is for them just to break even. I'm not saying they're going to break particularly even. It could be a loss leader. A loss leader on their 100 to $200 million. It gets a lot more people invested in the sport. Want to spend money and time. I think F1's doing fine. Yeah. I'm just thinking this would be a really cool experience that would increase viewership. And it would be awesome. And it would be fun. And like, why can't we have fun things? You won't even attempt to do a cartwheel and you want to get an F1 car. Well, yeah, but that's different. How is that different? Because then you're just in the seat and you just push the buttons and then you steer. I feel like there's a bit more to that, pal. I think it's not as nearly as physically intensive. I mean... What are you talking about? Yeah, wait. As like g- gymnastics? I mean, we're just asking you to do a cartwheel. Like, I don't think you could survive. I mean, I don't think I could survive. Like, 150 laps on a NASCAR. You might pass out from the G-force. <laughs> well, the G-force is at the top speeds. But, like, put the governor in so I can only do 100 kilometers an hour. Then that's fine. That's the same speed we drive but then on. But at, at that point, you're just in a go-kart. So no, just but, go but go-kart. You're, but you're in the actual F1 car and you're moving. You think this is how you do it? Like this? Well, you got to lean into the turns, I'm sure. You can't it's fit a, it's in the fucking bike. car! Sure, they could just expand the cab so that people can get in. That's exactly how F1 cars work. Well, not the top line ones that, that like. But I'm, I'm Lewis telling you again, is are in. there non top line ones? Well, there's there's sub fields of F1. So like, take an old F2 car that's like five years old and modify you, it. You realize those are still basically top of the line, right? They're not they're not sending them out there in jalopies. No, but like, take a one that's two or three years old and like expand the cab so the average Joe can get in. Let's zoom. That'd be so much fun. How much fun. do you think an F1 car costs? Let's start there. I have no idea. Just take, take a guess. A top of the line one is probably like $15 million. It's got to be way more oh, than that. Way more than that. The average F1 car is estimated to cost between $20 and $30 million. Okay. However, this figure only accounts for the car's initial construction. Okay, yeah, it's not talking including the maintenance, et cetera, et cetera. Maintenance, the research and development. So I don't need a top of the line one. Just the widening me, of the driver's seat. Give me one from like 2014. Let's go. Yeah, let's let's get out there with amateurs driving old beat up F1 cars. That's that's would. that's really the solution to this problem. I think let's get some with like rusty, rusty wheel wells and like nuts and bolts that aren't entirely tightened that'll you go perfect. watch when people when people hear this they will be on my side so there's another thing too so with your thousand if you can how are you gonna get 300 people a day in a car by the way well that that may be too many so that would cost you'd make three hundred thousand dollars in revenue based on your model and that's before any expenses a formula one car uses about five hundred thousand dollars of gas 
during an entire season for their practice and racing sessions. So if you have this many people going all day on a car, how much gas do you think you're going to be using? A lot, but you don't have to use the high, high test stuff because this is just people driving around. You, you, you can do you think that those cars work on the lowest grade fuel? Not the lowest, but you don't have to go all out. Why are we even doing this? It's stuff? no different than like at the NFL experience. They're not using the highest end cameras or the best uh, footballs you can throw or the best footballs you can kick. I mean, you can only make football so good. Yeah, but there are better and worse versions. of These things can all be worked out. I'm going to go on a limb and say the, the NFL branded Super Bowl or combine experience at the Super Bowl is probably using NFL footballs. They were. <laughs> I'm just saying you can work. These- I, you're just saying a lot of things. None of it makes any sense. It comes down to this. I want to get into an F1 car and zoom around. I think it would be a lot of fun, and I know I'm not alone by believing this. Sure, I would also I want like to win the lottery. It doesn't I mean I think it's going to happen. Yeah, I would also like to ride in an F1 car. It's not happening. Well, instead of just saying it's not going to happen, why don't you know, I'm trying to spin out an idea. Then win the fucking be, lottery and build your own fucking car. Where it might be possible. That's yeah. the only way that it's possible. No one's giving you an F1 car to drive around in. I just think that they should. That said, just, they should. They should. It would be fun. People would like it. All right. What else you got? So there's a couple of things at grocery stores recently that have been really bothering me. As a person who buys for himself, there's just way too much stuff at the grocery store in terms of the way it's packaged. And that really annoys me. I don't want a pack of three pork chops. I just want one. I don't want a pack of like four steaks. I just want one or two. I don't need a box of 12 ice cream sandwiches. I just want two or three because if I buy the, the amount that you get at the grocery store, I'm going to eat it all. You know what I believe, that you should eat everything that you've got and you shouldn't let it go to waste. I understand that, that the average grocery store is built to accommodate families who have to feed four or five people. I get that 100%. Either there should be little boutique grocery stores for single people or there should be sections within a grocery store where you can buy single-person servings of the food that you want to buy. Not pre-made stuff, but like a pork chop or like six strips of bacon. Or Six strips of bacon? You know, something like, like a small amount because it's just, it's too much. I just, I go to the grocery store and it's just, there's too much stuff everywhere. And like, there's good deals on stuff and I can't buy it because I know there's no possible way I'm going to get through it all in a reasonable way. And I hate freezing and, un- and, and thawing food over and over again. Paul? It was about freezing. It was about freezing. Gary, do single people eat crackers? Frankly, I don't want to know. Crackers are a great example. I never get through a whole uh, sleeve of Breton crackers. Ever, ever, ever. They end up going stale and going to waste because there's just too many in a sleeve. Cut that into a Would third. you say crackers, it's implied that they're too condemned? Yes, the, the serving size. Yeah, very funny, Gary. My point is, and I think I'm right about this, that the average serving at a grocery store, the average thing that's packaged, is designed for a family of four or five. But there's a lot of us out there who are just eating for one. And so they should provide... Are you eating for one? Yes, I am eating. I'm cooking for one. I'm eating for one. What I consider one, me, <laughs> me alone. If you, make, if you make it so that I have to buy three pork chops, I'm going to have to eat three pork chops. I don't want to eat three pork chops. Just if I go the, to the deli counter and get a pork chop. It, it's more difficult no, than that. that. No, it's not. You talk. Then I have to dis- inconvenience myself to ask oh, them to take I, I'm this sorry. package of three To get pork what chops. you want that is off the beaten path of what people want to do, you actually have to spend an extra 30 seconds doing something? It could be even longer. And oh, I have to do no. With, I have to do, and that's just with fresh stuff. 
Like, when it comes to lettuce, I'm never going to eat an entire head of lettuce. It's not going to uh, happen. It's going to go to waste. Here's a spoiler alert. No one's ever gotten through an entire thing of but lettuce. But a family might. No. Family of 12 is not getting yeah. through a like thing it's of lettuce. Perfectly, or like potatoes. I don't want a big bag of potatoes. I don't... I just... I just you want, can buy your potatoes. You can visual. literally go to the produce but section and pick up two potatoes and put them in a bag. But they're not always the type of potatoes that I want. Do you, have a big, a, do you have a big preference? Are you a big like russet man? I like the little tiny nugget potatoes. They're so easy to okay, cook. Okay, you can buy a little small bag But of the those. small bag is still too much for they one They also serving. come in a resealable bag. And then I'm eat, They're not usually resealable, actually. And then what I've got to do is then eat little nugget potatoes for four days. I don't want to eat them for four days. You I know, just want them for one particular Potatoes meal. last, by the way. But I don't... I like yeah. to buy fresh. And I don't want to have... But potatoes aren't fresh. They're fresh to me. No one's ever, so no one's ever dug fresh. the potato out of the ground and went, ooh, no, no, fresh. But, like, I think I'm on to something here, right? Really? You've, you've Look, seen man, it. I, I get what you're saying. Yes, thank you. Like, I, I remember being 20, and I was like, ooh, I want a half loaf of bread. Yes. I was like, this is my million-dollar idea. I'm going to call it bachelor bread. Yes. And it's going to be half the size. Thank you. A loaf of bread. I never get through a loaf of bread. I'm not freezing my bread and then taking it out of the freezer. I hate doing that. It ruins the taste of it. I just want the loaf. It, it's just so annoying. Or if there's muffins, I just want a muffin or two muffins. I don't want 12 muffins. Uh, or I want a steak or a pork Well, you can tongue. get a steak, no problem. Like, that's, that that's not hard if, to find. If, if they're, like, the really nice ones. Yeah, but, if you, like, if, if you're well, just getting a regular steak. Regular steak? You, you walk into, around us, a superstore or Sobeys, they have single package, like, shitty steak for you. Eh, not usually. Yeah, they do. Uh, you can buy a $7 steak And even steak if they do, the, the selection is far less than the larger Of course amount. it is. So I'm just saying You know why? Because they sell a lot less of them. I understand there's economies of scale and why they do what they do. I get, I get all that. But you just, don't care. I'm you just want saying it for you. It's inconvenient for me. What would be convenient for me is to have a single section of the grocery store where I can get a half or like a quarter of a, of a pie, or I could get three ice cream bars, or I could get a pork chop, or I could get, uh, you know, one tiny little bag of salad. Like the big bags of salad, the salad bags you get these days, they're way too much for one serving. And then I have to have, then I'm committing to having to eat whatever salad I buy for two, three, four days. I'm not doing that. It gets wilty. There's brown stuff on it when the air gets to it once you open the bag. Like just, I want what I want. And I think there's and a lot of, it now. And I think there's a lot of people like me who grocery shop for one who would be very happy to have smaller selections for everything because so much food waste takes place because it's just not fresh. It's not good. So are you concerned about food waste or are you just concerned about you eating too much? Both. Okay. I'm concerned about me feeling like I have to eat too much so that I don't waste the food. You know, I believe that whatever's on my plate, I need to finish. You know that I believe this is the way I was raised. Again, very terrible way to be raised. Nevertheless, it's what I, it's hard for me not to eat what's on my plate. Uh, and it's fine. smaller plates. I have smaller plates, but it's just like, then I have all that extra food. I'm not going to go through all this effort to cook like a really nice Parmesan style potato uh, that I'll cook sometimes. So I make a really nice one where I boil the potatoes and I fry them in some oil, little nugget ones. Fry them in some oil, I add some Parmesan cheese, I add some pesto. They're actually quite delicious. But then... I have all these potatoes. I'm not doing it again. I, like, I was in the mood to do it once. I'm not in the mood to do it multiple times. And then if I do a big batch, and I have to, then I'm like compelled to have to eat it and reheat it. It's not as good the next time. It would be a real boon for as more and more and more people are single and purchasing and, and, and in the need to purchase smaller and smaller items. Uh, it would reduce on food waste. It would be economical. It would, people would less would, wouldn't feel compelled to eat as much. It would be super convenient if there were like single sections of a grocery store where you could buy smaller portions of everything. I, I think it's a great I, idea. I kind of want this to exist just because I think it would be the saddest grocery store in the world. 
It's like to get in, instead of showing your Costco membership, you have to show your Instagram account that's just <laughs> lonely photos of you at places. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, look, I I get what you're saying, but you. I think for most most of the examples you've used, there are very simple solutions. Um, I don't know. Join a food co-op, you know? You can share your food. I don't want to do that. Why don't you want to do that? I don't understand. So you don't want to do anything. I just want to go to the grocery store, buy the exact amount of well, food I'm that sorry. I need, the and then leave. The grocery store is not made for you. I. This it's is for, what it, I'm complaining it's for, about. It's for people who actually spend money. Make not, it not for me. the cheapest me. person on earth. Make it. Well, first. I'm, this is, I mean, your examples with anything, you're just aging out of a demo. No one gives a shit about what you think. But anymore. there's also a lot of people who are seniors who are single, who also need smaller portions. Yeah. There's just too much stuff. Paul, you, you, this is a problem that you experience as well. Do you, are you as triggered about it as Tim is? No, but like I don't have any issue with freezing things, which I find really, really strange. Like you can put a steak in the freezer and then let it to thaw and you're not really going to notice much of a you difference. You can do that with Especially if you're not buying good steak. And I love the fact that you keep bringing up ice cream bars, which literally live in the freezer. No, but it happened to me recently. I bought ice cream bars because they were on sale, but there's 12 of them. Well, I can't just not eat them. So, like, I end up eating okay. over the run that, of a week a you 12 ice cream this is, bars you're just because blaming, they're in the freezer. You're just blaming Have some self-control, man. Okay, but yeah. you know what? It's so difficult. Then go to the, go to the gas station and buy a ice cream bar. But, like, then I have to transport it, not in a box, home. Like, I'm not going to the grocery no. You're eating that thing on the way home. Don't pretend you're not. <laughs> I did eat one Trans- on the way. I did, eat, not I, did, I, did eat, I did open the box in the car and eat one on the way home. That did happen. But look, my, look, I'm bringing this up because I think there is an untapped market here, particularly the way demographics are working, where fewer and fewer people are going to be buying groceries for fewer and fewer people. That there really is. I mean, there's like, I understand when I go to Costco what I'm getting into. I know I'm getting, if I'm purchasing something, I'm purchasing a large bulk quantity. I, I get that. That's the name of the game there. But like when I go to the grocery store, I'd like to see more things set up for a larger and a growing demographic. So let me talk as someone who owns a business. Sure. Not doing it. Not worth my time. It's going to cost me money to help you out. You know what's not costing me money? Bigger packages. You know why they're not putting single-serving things on special? Because they need to get rid of the bulk content. Oh, I get that. But like, so they're never going to do it. Well, but they should well, do it. Why should they do it? So they want to lose money. Because there are more and more people like me who don't purchase certain things because it's just too much. I would make purchases Tim, that I otherwise don't make. But you're going to buy it would you be willing to pay more per What was the last thing you passed on? Unit? There were some really, really nice bone-in pork chops that I saw the other day that mm-hmm. I really wanted to buy, but it was a pack of like three. How much I, were they? They weren't expensive. They How much were they? Like seven, eight, nine bucks. So what if they charge you seven, eight bucks for one? Would no, but if they then? charged me four bucks they don't, for one. They don't want to charge you four bucks. They want to package them together. But if they charged me shit. four bucks for one, I would have bought. How about this? They charge you three times as much for single serving, and then you can have Not three times. Do I expect there to be a slightly bigger charge? Yes, because I understand how economies of scale work. If I'm asking to only buy one hamburger instead of four hamburgers, I appreciate I'm not getting it for a quarter of the price. Maybe it's just a third of the price. Maybe it's half the price. Maybe it's three quarters of the price. We can play around. What I, what I would do is just jack up the price on all that We shit. can play around. Well, those people usually have more disposable income, too. Perfect. We can play around with the stuff on the margin, but, and the company can make you, more money. But if you walked into a place, knowing you, so you saw three pork chops for $9, let's say, or you saw one pork chop for $5, you would buy the three. No, I yes, wouldn't. Yes, you would. I'd go ahead and spend the four ninety nine on the one pork. That's all I want. I don't want to have to be pot committed to eating pork chops for the next three nights. I just want it tonight. 
No, you shake your head, but I actually think there's a real demo here for people. And also with the Then why don't you go start? You have all these great I'm ideas. giving the idea away what? here. Take it. And no one's taking it. it. Do you know why? Because they're not going to make any fucking money. I don't money. know how many people have thought about it or expressed it yes, in no, a couple No one form. has ever thought of this. Make it a single section in the grocery store. And when I'm at the grocery store, there should be valets who will do all of my scanning for me and my packaging for me. I shouldn't, ha- I, like, I don't want to go, not only do I not want to go all through the, the self-checkout. Cashier. I don't even want to go through the cashier. I don't want to have to, like, take my stuff out of the basket, put it oh on the, the belt, have them do it. These days, you have to b- bag pretty much all your stuff most of the time. I want it so that when I've done all my purchases, I simply give my cart to a person who does all the scanning for me. I give them my credit card like you do at a restaurant and they just do everything for me and they bring the stuff to me and the receipt to me and we're done i don't want to have to do any of that how much would you tip that person i don't know Think i mean i don't know if i should i have to tip them if they're employees of the store that's yes. their job yes. that's that, 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 that is legitimately you something you should you tip don't for. tip the cashier who rings in your stuff so no. you wouldn't tip the person well you're talking about a private valet now. no no this is someone who works at superstore that their job at the superstore is to be the valet for people who want them to don't want to have to put stuff on the you could even you could even put on the receipt like an additional five dollar charge. Five dollars is what you think that would cut. Like you would have to pay probably fifty bucks for that to be That's too much. Then you then you know why they don't exist? Because of that. No, but I just think the same way with like the way you would with an attendant who pumps your gas. Which or, basically don't exist. Well, they do exist in some places. Fewer, fewer and fewer all the time. Yeah. Granted. But I'm just saying, I don't want to have to like handle all my stuff to put it on the belt. I don't want to have to bag it. I don't want to... I so, want so it all he, done so, for me. So here's your problem. I'm spending here, my money yeah, here you're not, you're not spending enough money is the problem. With the person who goes and Make pump, it a minimum purchase then. It I, has I, to be... What I'm telling you is you're going to have to pay like an additional $50 for this. No, it is more. Yes, it does. But just say, here is why. If someone is pumping your gas for you, they can still get through X amount of customers per hour to make it worth the while of the place to afford them. With a cashier, they're running through 100 people per hour in order to do this. If a single person is your valet, they're getting through one customer an hour. No. That's it. Because the valet doesn't Oh, do, no? All the valet does is take your basket when you're done. They run it through the cashier. They put it in the bag. So they're a cashier is what you're saying. Yeah, but now you have two, you have two employees working at the same thing. If you have this, though, I'm going to your grocery store and not to other ones. But you don't want to pay the money that it's going to cost. Make it, put a service charge I'm on. telling you, 50 bucks. That's too much. But well, then it, it doesn't I, exist. Make it Tim, These places take the, this stuff really seriously. Like, I, I, when I was a cashier, there were cashier statistics. They told you how many items you were ringing through per minute, sure. how many customers you were getting through per hour. Like, this is all about efficiency and speed. They want to serve as many people as possible. They were basically telling me, stop bagging things as carefully as you are. You're not going fast enough. And I think there's a place for the regular cashier line and for the self-checkout. That's great. But there should also be an opportunity for those of us who don't want to go through the hassle of that whole process to have it looked after for us. What you're talking about. They have about. this. It's called Instacart. Instacart. No, no, but I want to be the, the one who picks out my green pepper. No, but I want to pick up my green pepper. Then you're going to have pe- to pay the fucking service charge on it. But and service- the service charge is going to be a ton of money. No, it doesn't need to be a ton but of money. But it does need to be a ton of and money. And it should be gratis over a certain amount of money if I'm at the grocery store. Yeah, but you don't spend that much at a grocery store. No, I don't. But again, that would encourage people to come and spend. If you go and spend $1,000 at the grocery store, you can have your own personal value. Not 1000 That seems expensive. How much? What's the limit? I don't know. Again, I don't. Give me a limit. 300 bucks. Probably not worth it. Just, it, Why how, don't you just hire a personal assistant? Yeah. No, I don't want a personal assistant. I just want... You, but some, you sounds do. like you do. I just want somebody to take care of the part of the grocery shopping experience that I can't stand, which is the, the waiting shopping. in line, the putting it on the belt, the bagging it, 
the carrying of the bags, like that's all just really inconvenient for me. It should all just be done for me once I've picked out my items and once I've decided what it is I'm going to purchase. It would be really nice. It would be a very nice perk if there was somebody who just was your valet, who was a valet, that was their job at the grocery store, would be to handle people's stuff for them. Paul? Well, okay, how about this? I- how about with your Costco membership, you have to pay an extra $150 a month and you get that service. I don't expect any service at Costco. I know what Costco is. Paul? Yeah, yeah. Costco has like a second person usually at like most at most of them. Yes. Do you go there and wait for them to put the food onto the onto the runner for you? Well, I don't put the heavy stuff up. Oh my. Well, you're not supposed to. Like no. the pop and stuff you're supposed to keep underneath. No, the, the regular stuff I put on myself. You know? Okay. So Costco has what you want. Not quite. But everything's too big. Like, I want to give you my cart, and then I want to walk and go to my car. And I want to turn the car on, put the AC on or whatever, roll down my windows, and I just want to chill. And then, you like, parcel pickup style, you show up to my car with everything bagged and the receipt and my credit card back. And boom, done. What a convenience that would be. People would love it. Not everybody would. Some people wouldn't be willing to pay the additional service charge. Some people don't mind ringing in their own stuff. People don't mind standing in line. Great. God bless you. That'll always be available. But for those of us, if the who service don't wanna... charge is five dollars, I think people are going to be willing to pay that. Yes. Which is why five dollars isn't enough. It can be a percentage then of your bill. Make it a percentage of your bill. I don't care. Like again, these are all things that we can work out on the margins. I don't have to come here with a fully fleshed out, perfect system. But I'm telling you, what, the, the minute what you never seem to consider is these businesses are designed to make money. They're making lots of yeah, money, but they don't want to make less money. They'll make more because I'll go. More no, often. they won't make more. I'll go more often because of this. You're going anyway. But I will go to that store. You'll become my place. I do all my shopping. Yes, it doesn't I, matter if you go more. You're still eating the same amount of food. But I am. I could go to the grocery store every day. It doesn't mean they're getting more money. But if I, I, if go I go to the amount multi- of groceries I buy in a week. But I go to a multiplicity of grocery stores based on where some deals are and stuff, and where I get some good coupons. I would just oh stop. No, you that. don't. I get the flyers. I look at the flyers, see what's on sale. You better believe I do. Like cherries were on for two ninety nine a pound this week. I went somewhere particular. Is that why you drove to that grocery store that was fifty minutes away, where you burned like eight times as much money in gas to get your one dollar deal? It wasn't fifty minutes away. It was like twenty minutes. No, it's not twenty minutes away. It's like twenty minutes. Wait, you can't be bothered to stand in line at the grocery store, but you'll drive twenty minutes. It's it's more. It's more than twenty minutes. But when I'm driving, I'm doing stuff. I'm listening to the radio. I'm having a coffee. Put in headphones when you're at the cash. Well, that's very antisocial behavior. So I was driving alone in your car. <laughs> but I'm not in public <laughs> that way, though. That's a little different. Oh, so it just, you know, it's shameful to you to do that in public. I just, why can't I make things more? We live in a society you can, you where can, the name of the game is You can do all of this stuff. You're too fucking cheap to pay for it. No, I'm not too cheap. I said put a service charge on No, that. you have to go find someone to do this for you. I just don't, the grocery store should have one or two staff members whose job One or two staff members. Well, what if I come in and I'm spending a bunch of money and there's no valets available for me? Now I'm fucking pissed off. Then, then that, will, that will be the reason to hire more valets. You think, you think the grocery the store is going to hire it so a bunch of people are just standing at the front not doing anything until someone requests their service? Yes. And you know these, you know these places are having problems hiring people to begin with just to do the main stuff that these places need to operate. Oh, but this is not a very taxing job. If I were working in a grocery store, this would be like a plum appointment, wouldn't it? Well, if it's not a very taxing thing, then you'd do it. But I don't want to. I'm the one spending my money. I should be looked after. Yeah, but you're not spending enough money. When well, you start spending enough money, like, you do get perks. 
Oh, really? You get you get Sobeys perks, do you? I mean, if you spent enough money, you would get return from the store if you had one of those credit cards, which that guy tried to sell. I don't want to fucking want this shit. Yeah. Sobeys has those cool carts now, too, with the little computers in them. And we don't have you those, know. thank goodness. They have those around here. Okay, I have not encountered one. I, I mean, I specifically go to one of the grocery stores that I can scan my items as I go, that I can pay while I'm walking out. It's curious, super convenient. I've been to the grocery stores that are closest to you not that long ago, and I didn't see anything like that. They, they are not the ones that are closest to me. Now, are they? Oh, so you, too, go to grocery stores that aren't the closest to you yes. because there is some, there's something for you in it. Yes, because... Gee, who does that sound like? The person you just accused of being foolish for driving in a, you know, an additional direction to a grocery store when you do the exact same thing that well, I do. One is five minutes away. One is seven minutes away. What's not the difference? 50 minutes away. It's not 50 minutes. And Stop you're going that. to save basically no money. I'm going to save my I time. I also like to drive. It's something to do. Then how do house. you have a problem waiting in a fucking grocery store? I just, it's, I don't like it, okay? I don't want to have to like... I already handled it once. I don't want to feel like I have to handle it again. And then I have to... scan. But if... To, it's just a whole thing, right? It just it occurred to me the other day, like, how super awesome would it be if it, when I finished my last, picked up my last item, I could just drop my basket off to somebody and say, I'm parked over on this side of the parking lot. Here's my card. I, I agree. Listen, what you're saying is not wrong. This would be great if, if you, you could were do a it. single parent with kids. You'd love this because you wouldn't have to, the, you could go right to the car, right? Like, you're speaking it, for single parents now? I'm saying. You know what it's like to be a single parent? You know that I don't, but I'm saying... But you're, you, you're going to talk you for them anyway. Imagine, talk to their experience. You can imagine a multiplicity of circumstances. Yes, everyone would want to do this. That's the problem. Then, we sh- then, then maybe they could sew. No, because it's not going to make the grocery store any money. Yes, Part of the grocery store experience is... That, why do you think they're getting rid of cashiers and telling you to do it yourself? I understand. So what? So you think their great idea is going to be have personal valets but, for every single fucking person who walks well, through the not, store? Not every person. Well, most, why wouldn't every person want to do most it? People, if you made it as cheap as you want to make it, every person would do this. It's no different than, like, how many people won't spend an extra 50 cents for a bag when there's all kinds of bags that they bring their own bags because they don't want to spend that extra money? And that's fine. I, the, 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 I suspect the majority of people will not want take advantage of this service will not want to pay that that's why you need to make it a lot of money because people would do it it doesn't have to be a lot it does it does need to be a lot of money because you need to be enough money to pay the salaries of like the six people you want to hire Uh, again we don't know how many people you need to hire you need you'd have to stress test this in one store and see what the uptake is and that kind of stuff well let's say you charge well even if even if you want one person there grocery stores are open 15 hours a day seven days a week so you'd have to hire at least six to just cover that amount of time to have one or two people there with overlap. Hell, you'd probably have to hire 12 people to do But this. you could also close one or two cashiers down that are no longer being used. So, so your big idea is close down the place where you get money through faster to make less money. Well, you're not making less money because you're paying a service charge. But you are making less money because you're making people wait longer in Why the store. Why can't I just have what I want? Because Why you refuse just... to fucking pay for it. You're too fucking cheap. I will pay. Then go find someone amount. to go fucking but do I, this for you. I, I, go on TaskRabbit and be like, yo, I need groceries. I, a, I don't know how to do that. Secondly, well, this sounds I don't like, this sounds like a you problem. It should just be there for me. I shouldn't have to put any effort I'm in I'm sorry this. you're too big of a snowflake to do anything no, yourself. No, I think having a grocery store valet would be a popular idea. People would be good with it. Uh, I think it would be convenient. Uh, I think people would go for it. And I think but this brings up an entirely different thing where we know for a fact you like talking to people at the grocery store to find out the trends happening at the grocery store. So if you're not waiting in line, that means you're not talking to the cashier and finding out what brand of Coke has been selling recently. And you know you want to do that. So this seems like it's kind of contrasting. 
Well, you know, that's a fair point, but I don't always do that. And oftentimes my questions are to the people who are stocking the shelves rather than the cashiers. So that still wouldn't be gone. Uh, I would lose some of that amount, but it's not just at grocery stores. I mostly do. I'll do that a lot of gas stations, stuff like that. Like there's this new Coke out, this like, uh, was it Ultimate Coke? And like I asked someone the other day, like, is anyone buying this? Like, who wants this? And what did they say? I didn't give me an answer. Like, I don't know, man. Because you're, like, harassing, like, the 16-year-old who's working? I just asked a simple question. Are people buying this? You got anything else? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oh, I mean, I have stuff. Oh, give me some stuff. Oh, I, I got one for you. Why were porn theaters ever a thing? Really? Yeah. You can't imagine why? I mean, I get why, but I, can... I, I could never imagine myself going to a porn theater having a beat and leaving. Well, in 1977, you didn't have a VCR. You didn't have cable. Didn't you have, like, Betamax? Wasn't that available? I think, like, let's say 1975. There weren't VCRs. Yeah, but porn theaters lasted until, like, the early 90s. Okay, so why they still existed into the 90s is a lesser question. But, I mean, look... It, this came up because Pee Wee Herman died. <laughs> yeah. R.I.P. my doppelganger, Pee Wee Herman. But, like, he got caught in, like, the late 80s. So you had VCRs then. Uh, particularly as a celebrity. You would, yeah. Uh, I guess, you know. Because Fred Willard got caught in one, too. Did he really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also passed away recently. I mean, recently as in, like, like years, years ago. Two years ago. <laughs> like, two years ago, maybe. I mean, the reason was that there's a privacy factor. And there's the privacy factor of going to a public porn theater? But public in the sense that nobody knows who you are. So there's yeah. anonymity. I mean, you can see the other people in there. I mean, well, you probably don't want to look at them. I, I, I suspect it's super dark. Um, you know, if you go to a porn theater in the 70s, you're sitting... The move is to sit as far in the front row as you can, right? So people can only see the back of your head? I suspect. So, I mean, also, so you can't see any... like Because then it feels like you're there by yourself. At yeah. least 1975, yeah. it's your only access to porn. Yeah. That I get. But when porn becomes available to you at home, why would anyone ever go to a porn theater? Is like, I guess you don't want to get caught at home with the tapes. I guess. That's the it only. Seems real weird. That yeah. would be the reason. I don't know, just the whole experience just seems very odd. It seems extremely odd, but we're of a generation where it doesn't make any sense. Well, yeah, you just get on your phone. Not a big deal. But in, yeah, in the 1970s or even the 1980s, like that really wasn't an option for people. Yeah, but once VCRs became in every home. It was probably, I mean, I don't know what the cost would be. I suspect maybe it would be cheaper. Like, you don't want to rent something out of your name. So you, there's no record of you renting this tape or that tape. 
uh, if you just simply go to a theater and give them cash. There's no record of this person who might very well one day run for some public office and some enterprising person goes through their rental records at Blockbuster, well, not Blockbuster, but some local uh, VCR distributor and say, oh, really? You rented X, Y, or Z video. It could ruin your 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 career or something. Has that I ever just happened? don't understand. Well, didn't that happen with the Clarence Thomas? I don't know. I thought one of the scandals, I mean, this was 1991, so it was a little bit before my time, although I was alive. I thought there was an issue with him uh, being accused of having rented a particular tape or something. Or somebody was accused. There was some sort of tape in him. Maybe it wasn't him. Maybe it was somebody else. But I thought there was some political scandal where somebody, there was records of them having rented an adult film. And like that did injury to their political career. Interesting. Maybe just a different A thing time. that people would have cared about a lot more in 1989 than they care about now. Well, they wouldn't care about they it They wouldn't care about <laughs> it now, right? Whereas they, th- that might have been an, an, an issue. It, it just seems really sort of like An- strange. Anonymity. I suspect that's got to be the reason. Interesting. Pure, pure okay. I also just don't understand how they ran out of profit. Because you think about it, like you're not sitting elbow to elbow with someone at nope. a porn theater. No, but you know You're what? not buying concessions. No, I but I bet you people are coming in. So and like, where, all, where are they making all, all this money? Movie, right? People are, are entering and exiting all throughout the movie. Right? Someone is not just showing up for the coming attractions. Well, uh, maybe they are showing up for the coming attractions. Yeah. <laughs> Goodness. Anyway. I, well, I, no, you beat, you beat one off. Like, if it's, a, if it's a 90 minute movie, you beat one off in the first 15 minutes, and then you're recharged for the last, you know. Yeah, that's why Jack Horner is trying you to make get, this. I, you got to get your money to get so. off. You got to sit around. This is a real movie, Jack. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't understand that, that whole world. I, but I guess the only re- explanation I would give you is I suspect there was a, a role for anonymity there. Interesting. Okay. Gary, do you have anything? Uh, not especially, I, I feel like I just always assumed Tim's going to come ready to go. And so far he's not disappointed. That is true. I just had the porn theater thing. I don't understand why in 2023, we are not using the highest form of technology we have when it comes to travel. We stopped using the Concorde jet in like 2003 and we used to be able to fly from Paris to New York in like 45, like an hour and 15 minutes. And in the last 20 some odd years, we have seen no progress, essentially, in the speed of travel when it comes to international flights. How is it possible 20, 25 years later, A, we haven't fixed the issues that were plaguing the Concorde in the late 90s, early 2000s, and haven't, haven't we come up with some other form of transport in the air that will get us to go faster from New York to, to, to California or from London to New York? It seems like if you're a business person, it would make all the sense in the world if I'm Jeff Bezos and I live in Seattle, that I'd want to be able to get to New York City as quickly as humanly possible to do my business. Why should it take me four hours to make that flight or five hours where we know the technology exists to be able to get there in 90 minutes if we wanted to practice it? I think it's just too much money. If you're a super billionaire like Jeff Bezos or Bill Gates or Elon Musk, what do you care how much a Concorde? Why don't you have a private Concorde jet? What do you care how much it costs? You never spend that money. Well, it just seems to me maybe they don't put a price on, hey, four hours, like whatever. It's not like they can't like call and work on their plane. Well, in one flight, that's true. But if you add up how many flights a person might take in the run of a year, that's a ton of hours where you're not as I think you're putting way too much importance be. on like person to person in the current societal 
age of business. But even like, six or seven or eight years ago, it would have been. Anybody. But it would have been the case six or seven or eight years ago, and yet no one seemed interested. How is it possible that we move faster and faster when it comes to phones, computers, television, everything? And yet when it comes to something that where speed actually would count, the rapidity of travel, and we have the tools at our disposal to make ourselves travel faster, that in the last 20 years we haven't found any efficiencies. You don't even hear about research on efficiencies to travel great distances in short periods of time. Because everything, it seems completely because everything, illogical. Because everything that is being researched is in terms of miniaturization. And that's how we're getting faster with things that keep getting smaller and smaller and smaller. What you're talking about is something that's bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Yes, but what I'm talking about in particular is reducing t- uh, the time it takes to get from point A to point B. It, it's not cost effective. Not enough people can afford to fly at, to make it commercial, at least. And that was the reason that the Concorde stopped going anyway. The yes. maintenance on those planes and was the way higher. And the, crash. the, cra- the crashes was a real problem. Yes, no, of course. And just the amount of fuel that was burned to propel these at top speeds was a real problem. No one could afford these tickets. Absolutely. But technology in 2001 versus technology in 2023. Well, you think they were just like, when, when they closed the door on it, they were like, you know... That's it. We're never going to think about it. It kind of seems like it. That's my concern. It's like, it seems so weird as, you know, there's a iron law about technology becoming cheaper and faster at the same time. And you think of any invention in the last 50 years, 50 years ago, it was bigger, it was slower, it was more expensive. So, but because everything is getting smaller. You can make a Concorde jet smaller. Sure, but it's still going to be as expensive to run. And you need people to pay those prices. And people are having problems paying prices for planes anyway. I think you can find, I'm surprised, shocked, confused that we haven't been able to find some efficiencies with all the technological development we've had to overcome some of those barriers. It seems very strange to me that this is the one area of our life where essentially life, that travel in the year 2003 and travel in the year 2023 are essentially indistinguishable, except on the margins. That's well, really cars, weird. Cars haven't changed that much since like the 1960s. It's not like dr- cars if you, if you cars changed in the car in New amount. York and drove to Los Angeles in 1960, it takes you about the same amount of time it would take you. Actually, probably take less time because so there'd be less cars on the road. Well, that's true when it's not. We have in- increased and improved uh, speed uh, motorways where they continue to build new highways that are more efficient in terms mm-hmm. of like the travel distance. But you can't really do that in the air. You can't, but you can increase the speed of the vehicle well, in the air. But we haven't even tried again. That that increases that increases the the risk factor. I mean, again, it seems like with two of your three ideas, you're just completely. You, do you think you're like Bruce Willis from Invincible that you just can't die? No, and, and that's probably I don't. the main reason. If you're talking about like Bezos or Bill Gates, the main reason that they don't take these planes because they're far less safe than the other ones. Which, like, I got twenty. You would think over the last twenty years we would have had such magnificent developments in research and development that would allow for significantly safer travel at significantly higher speeds. It seems like we're, we, we just seem stuck. Look, in a I way think there's a difference no between like, like trains have gotten faster yes, because trains run on a track. That is a variable you can control. If you are flying in the air, the faster you go, the more inherent risk that flight has. I don't think there's a way technology can make that equation any less safe or any less dangerous like there there's just certain variables about air travel you you cannot change regardless of how technology is going it, fair enough but it just seems like there were of course were huge developments in the first 80 years of air travel when did we you, just hit the limit when planes were invented like yeah in 80 years we made massive leaps and then we just that's it we've gone as far as we can go well, maybe we've gone as far as we can it seems so strange for us to encounter any technological instance in this world 
where we've just said, well, I guess we can go no further. That's just so like countercultural to every single other element of our lives. I would guess for us to throw our hands up and say, I guess this is as good as it could ever. But again, I I would say cars, cars run as fast, like on average, your, your basic family sedan is as fast now as it was 65 years ago. Is it? Has the, have the bells and whistles on that gotten better? Yes. Have the roads gotten better at which you can drive on? Sure. Have, you know, have the, you know, is it more efficient on fuel? Well, yes. Is th- it that's... sleek? Yes. But the, the actual point A to point B has not changed that much. You wouldn't think that the improvement of tires and uh, the improvement of fuel efficiency doesn't speed up the period of time it takes for you to travel? I, I think it's certainly... I mean, York, the, is, the, the fuel, York the, is still the, the exact fuel... same distance Los Angeles. Like, that doesn't change. And the fuel efficiency might save you time on the drive because you're stopping Precisely. For that's gas. just one little... What do, what do you think? Did in the middle of the air you're just going to hit the the gas station in the middle of the air no but the, that was not the concern when it came to the, the but travel. what but what gary is saying is you've improved all these other pieces around the actual thing that around you're doing. you've improved yeah. the tire you've improved the fuel efficiency you've improved the roads you don't have any of that with a plane no but we do have the technology because we did go at at semi-sonic speed sure and it was is, unsafe it that? was unsafe and too expensive it was unsafe but relatively it's unsafe. still unsafe but has there been, it seems strange that there hasn't been a significant radical investment in, instead of trying to worry about going to Mars or going to the moon. I mean, no one is, in, no one is caring about that unless you're a private billionaire. Well, I mean, when it comes to going to the moon, NASA is spending outrageous amounts of money. I mean, NASA is spending far less money than they used to. I would be... I mean, Trump brought back Space Force. He, like, well, reinvigorated he NASA. I actually think Space Force is a smart idea. I, listen, most uh, of the technological advances that we've seen over the past 50 years came from NASA trying to figure shit out yeah, for outer space. I'm just, I'm just underlining this weird sort of contradiction that we encounter in modern life, where there's, there's this one era where we know things can become more efficient and fast, and we've, we've put it off limits, and there seems to be absolutely zero public interest at all in trying to speed up and improve that aspect of life. And that to me is just, I don't even know what to make of it other than it's weird. It's unlike any other part of our lives. And I just can't quite grasp it. It's just that I think you're too focused on like just the, the physical being of a plane, because again, as we, we started off this entire conversation with where in the sixties or seventies, you would have to get on these planes to execute certain matters of business. The technology has improved in other ways where now you don't have to even go on that flight. That's what's made life easier. It's not about getting to a place faster. It's about not having to go to that place at all. So I think those are all excellent points and I completely understand them. It just, there is, seems to be a drive in human nature to always want to go faster and go better and be more efficient with the use of our time. And it just, it's weird that we've decided we're not going to apply this general rule of human nature to this thing. It's just weird. That's all. I just don't, I have trouble. I feel like it's more likely, it's more likely that we have teleportation (laughs) before we have commercial semi-sonic jets. See, I don't think so. I think this fact underscores we're never going to have teleportation. If we're not even willing to tinker around with semi-sonic speed, which we used for 15 years, we're never going yeah, to move towards the, teleportation. The, the, the liability for a commercial enterprise to do that is so much higher than the military trying to do that. The military is pushing all this shit all the time. Like, they're going faster and faster and faster and faster. But you can't say, hey, American Airlines, go as fast as possible. No. Let's see the results. It has to, it has to bubble up from the public. The public would have but to the public, demand it. And they're not demanding it. 
No, because flying... That's what's weird to me, is that the public doesn't want it. as Gary and Point... Listen, I think that people would appreciate it being faster, but fewer and fewer people are flying because it's so expensive now. Imagine making it even more expensive. And if you can do a meeting, like, I don't need to fly from here to Chicago to do a meeting. I just hop on my computer, FaceTime them in. Yeah, no. Not that big of a deal. So there's no urgency to get anywhere. It's just like a relax, relaxing travel I get for it. people. No, I, so I, what is it worth the hundreds of billions of dollars it would take to shave 20 minutes off a flight when you just don't need to do it because no one cares? Well, in some cases, it was like a third of the time. Sure, but again, commercial airlines can't do that if planes are crashing. No, 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 that, that's right. Although there weren't that many. This, there was a couple of significant ones. Yeah, one well, in Paris what, what is, what's a good amount of crashes? I mean, there are, the problem is that every airline has crashes. Like, sure. I just, but if you made every plane this, you know, the, the, the certain, there are certain laws of technology that things become cheaper and more efficient as time goes on. But usually, and again, that is you with think smaller products. Miniaturization helps that. What you're talking about is building bigger planes. I, I don't even think they need to be bigger. They can be the same size, but it's just weird. That's all. My only point is that it, the whole thing sort of drives completely against how everything else in the world goes, and that's, it's worth pointing out and going, hey, isn't this a weird phenomenon? I think it's a weird phenomenon. We can stick with airports, because I've been in a lot of airports recently. Okay. Gary, and you don't fly much, do you? Uh, more the last, like, 10 years of my life than I had prior to that, but not, not a huge amount, no. And you don't fly. You don't love flying. I, I flew a lot when I was in grad school. Uh, I don't care for it, and I haven't flown much. I used to fly a lot back then. I probably... I haven't been on an airplane since 2019. Really? Since I went to my brother's wedding in Vancouver just before the pandemic, like in the fall of 2019. It was the last time you flew anywhere? Yeah, because I didn't fly anywhere during the pandemic. Um, and I haven't oh, flown you know anywhere what? recently. I think 2019 was the last time I per- personally got on an airplane. Gary? One, one last point about uh, the, the supersonic speed planes and stuff <laughs> like that. Just as my last flight would have been to Hawaii. 10-hour flight. Very long flight. Nowadays, like, I'm not saying I love being in an airplane. I I don't think that's like a top five place for anyone to be. (laughs) But even flying business class, I had a touchscreen computer three inches from my face that gave me access to like a thousand movies, 20 video games, and like a bunch of cool, like, that's the other thing is the actual time spent in a plane is now better than it was. 60 years ago that's true so in some way i think people true. are just more willing to be like oh whatever i can watch three movies that's fine so yeah. you're, you're and, and you have the internet the entire and, and that's a trade-off yeah. that people are clearly willing to make that they're willing to spend 11 hours on a plane rather than four and a half because that six and a half hours is not worth it to them in terms of the risk factor or in terms of like there's so many things i can do over that 10 hours that i'm not worried about that six but hours. you're you're not factoring in the cost of all of this like the tickets to your supersonic plane are way more expensive they were more expensive my thought would have been that these prices should inevitably come down over time the way everything in price comes down when it comes to but technology. not everything has gone down yeah. in price there's te- there's te- ser- te- all technology becomes yeah but cheaper. it's not a technology it's a service it is a service but it's also a service that and is it's also- bound up in a particular form of technology true but it's still, you're paying for the service and convenience of riding on an airplane rather than taking a boat or a train of course. or driving in a car. Like, airline prices have gone way up anyway without this. So imagine what those tickets would cost today. 
Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's all about how you spend your research and development money and the way you allocate it. And I don't know how much the airlines are spending on that kind of stuff. I, I, I'm completely ignorant of that fact. So in terms... Oh, apologies for getting us back on this, yeah. No, no but right. it's a good point. It's a very good point to make. In terms of airports, and I'll throw sidewalks into this too to try to make it a little bit comparable to things that, I mean, I doubt you do much walking around where you live. I, I, I do some walking around. I notice it more when I was actually in Toronto and in San Francisco rather than here because I, I don't really walk around a ton here because you need to drive everywhere. But walking through airports, people who randomly fucking stop in airports, like, mm. what, like it's it's mind boggling. Yeah, it's really weird. I don't understand how that's a thing that goes. Through I assume they're stopping time. to look at their gate. Sure, get out of the fucking way. The fair point. Like everyone's like, there's like two paths people are walking down. You just stop. Yeah, that's bad. Out of nowhere. Well, there's a lot of people who are in their own little worlds. True, but well, that's the whole thing with the sidewalk. That's not really an airport thing. I think it's just a life thing. Yeah, but it's happened in airport. It happens more in airports now than it used to. I, the thing I noticed, Kieran, middle of summer, walking down the street, both in San Fran and in Toronto, just people on FaceTime, not walking where they're going. Like, who was just video FaceTiming, walking down the sidewalk? In the middle of, like, I could see if you were by yourself. Right to jail. Sorry, like, right like, to jail. By, by yourself, you know that there's no one around. That's different. But when you're walking through a very clearly crowded area, not walking where you're going, like, how can you even hear the person? You must have I, your earphones in, right? But how can they hear you then if everyone's around? That is a good point. But I guess your microphone's yeah. close enough. Yeah, I guess so. Bumps but it just seems it's, it's craziness. Look, it is craziness. I, I just find this kind of stuff crazy anyway. I'm someone who doesn't even like talking on the phone in a public setting, period. Oh, it's the worst. Like, I... Like, I, I don't, I, like, I, people who have phone calls on the bus, like, even if you're not doing a video chat, like, even if I can't hear the other side of it, I don't want to hear your half of the conversation. It happened to me the like, other day. I was at the, at the grocery store in line and my phone rings. And, like, I answered it just to say, I'm sorry, I can't talk right now. I'm out at the grocery store or whatever. Like, I couldn't imagine being that guy to stand there and just have a chat. Uh, unless it's, like, a life or death or real serious, it can wait six minutes. Jeff called me when I was in the airport lounge. I was like, I don't want to go to the quiet room to go take this call. Can I just call you back when I'm off the plane? Exactly. But he was like, fine. But there was a guy who didn't go to the quiet room who was just having a very loud conversation in the middle of the lounge. I would go complain. Everyone, who are you going to complain to? Whoever's working at the they're, lounge. They're not going to fucking hey, do anything. This person, What's, what are they going to do? Go escort him they out? They go over and say, yeah, excuse calm me, down, sir. Karen. No, 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 no. There are quiet rooms for that reason. Please. They're not security just, guards. They, they can it's walk also not illegal to be on your phone. It's just a common courtesy to not be. Oh, it may not. It actually may very well be in the rules that you agree to at the lounge that you're not going to have loud conversations outside of the quiet room. But that's also so that a person's case breaking of, uh, the rules. What are you going to do about it? Someone, 99% of people, if in that circumstance, if the the, the employee on, on call walks over and says, excuse me, sir, would you mind taking that call to the quiet room? Would get up and go to the quiet room. There's one or two people who would be recalcitrant and make a scene, but 99% of the time people would say, yeah, okay, sure. Even if they're snippy, they'll get up and they'll do it. Who are you getting to do this, though? People who are staffing the lounge. You mean the guy that works at the front? Whoever. He needs to be, well, that's, that, that's it. it. <laughs> you know, whoever's... You're going to take him away from the desk? Well, they have, they have the security there, too. No, they don't. They have to have security. But they don't have security. Everyone has security. When was the last time you were in an airport lounge? It's been since the one time I was snowed in in Toronto and got a lounge pass so I could hang out there. So You see a lot of security <laughs> walking around? I don't remember. No, you didn't. I don't remember. I was just getting mine while I was there. Well, they, I actually saw a guy get kicked out of the lounge for taking too much stuff. I took so He was much like stuff. packing his bags with food. Okay, well, I was oh, not man. doing that. Tim, what did you I was take? Not, I was not doing that. No, no, I didn't take anything with me. I just took full advantage of the, of the stuff while I was there. 
we also saw a guy when we were at that breakfast I told you about the hotel and we were staying. We walked down. There was a buffet breakfast. A guy brought Tupperware down with yeah, him. Yeah, that's bad and they, form. They, they, like, you can't. Yeah, you this. can't do that. You can eat everything you'd like while you're there. You can't take anything with you. That's, I, I think that's just classic, you know, ethical behavior. But that sounds like you. No, no. I would never, ever, ever, <laughs> ever, ever pile a bunch of scrambled eggs into Tupperware to take home with me. I would take as much as I wanted while I was there. But like, because he only likes the also fresh scrambled eggs. Buffet. You have to remember that. Eggs he only are, eats fresh food. Also, like, eggs are just a minus EV play at a breakfast buffet. The eggs are cheap compared to the other stuff that's there. Well, most of the stuff you find at a breakfast buffet is not going to be of the highest quality. No, but you go for the stuff, not the highest quality, but you go for the highest price point items to beat the house. I don't need to beat the house. Okay, well, I guess that, I'm that, just more of a competitive person you than you are. You're a competitive buffet. person? What, to get heart disease first? No, just like if I'm going to eat there and I've paid the additional cost, essentially it's built into my cost. Of my See, this room. is the problem that I have with people around here. When I go, I, I listen to a guy complain about it on the golf course. This older guy that he went out, Gary, in, uh, to one of the newer restaurants that's around. And he was complaining about all the portion sizes that he like, didn't have like an all-you-can-eat meal. And it was really expensive. Like, well, of course it's really expensive. You went to a really nice restaurant that was made of high-quality food. You don't need to have. See, now this goes back to like Cust Corner 40, where I contended that all local restaurants should have, an should have, have to have element. some aspect of an all-you-can-eat buffet. But it's just a weird, like, it's, it's usually older people that can complain about it, or very big people who complain about it. Most normal people just go yeah. out and have a meal. You don't need to be so stuffed at a, like, when you pay for a meal that you can't walk out of it. That's Chances correct. are, you've probably eaten too much. That's correct. But I, you know, you know just to give the guy a little bit of a break. You can understand why somebody I who asked spent him, a large amount of I money I asked on, him if he was full. He said yes. Okay, so that's... But he wanted more. Okay, well, that's different. If you leave hungry, I can understand that being a problem. Completely. You should never leave yeah, somewhere I mean, look, hungry. I, 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 could see, I could see ordering something for a lot of money, having it come and be like, oh, I thought there would be more. Yeah, like there's um, like Now again, I, like, I, unlike Tim, have the self-awareness to admit I don't frequent fancy restaurants all that often. So I, I'm just, I'm not used to that sort of, um, yeah. you know, money, money per portion size conundrum. But um, in general, that's a terrible idea for every place to have a buffet. No, like, it's not. It doesn't have to be the nicest stuff on the buffet. It can just be a salad bar. That can. I know you don't the, want the nicest stuff. It doesn't have to be. If anything, you want the opposite of the nicest stuff. Yeah, no, it doesn't have. To, it doesn't have to be nice stuff. It can just be an. Could you imagine salad walking to a Michelin star restaurant buffet. and they're like, "Oh, by the way, we've got a pizza bar in the back. Legally, we have to." Yeah, or like I, I mentioned this to you guys once before, like a Jello and pudding dessert buffet would be amazing. Just move that to the fucking just be have super every cheap. meal at It'd a Chinese buffet. Cheap. That's that's clearly what you want. Yes, just, I just do. do that would be so, it would be cheap to run. People would have won it. You'd guarantee that people never left hungry. If I, win, walk, win, if win, I win, win. walked into like a nice restaurant, they had a fucking buffet, and it wasn't a buffet like style, I'd be like, what the fuck are we doing here? Like, what well, is this shit? If, if it was required to have a buffet in every single yeah, restaurant. You though, think that would make money? If, a, if buffets can barely get by as it is right now, requiring everyone to have a buffet, you think would be a profitable endeavor. A buffet, that, but they get to choose what's in that buffet. Like they can, they can if run the buffets. Buffet. Made a lot of money. They'd have fucking buffets to begin with. But you can. Why run- do you think casinos have buffets? Because they want to get you into the casino to gamble your but money. But not just that. Really, really nice hotels have buffets to get you to stay at the really nice hotel. A lot of people like. Listen, for- this is also like the worst time go- imaginable in the 21st century to have like a buffet 
infrastructure. People are more germaphobic now than they've been in the entirety of the I'm world. I'm germaphobic, but I love buffets because I'm willing to prioritize my ability to get my bang for my buck. I'm over, more hungry than over, I over am the germ. Yes, if if you know these are competing goods, my germaphobia and my hunger. And in this instance, I'm going to side with my hunger. So how come to you, it's all about getting max value, but all these services that you want, you don't give a shit if they lose money or not. Why shouldn't they think like you? There is the opportunity for them to, ma- they're also making an outrageously good amount of money. So they're already making you know lots what? of money. You know, no one's passing the hat you around. You put it that way. All, the fact that all of Tim's takes are like for the 1% um, or for the 99%. Maybe I have to be, maybe I have to start siding with Tim more. Thank you. Secret socialist, Tim. No, I'm, but I'm a man of for the people. Well, I mean, you're the People's Republic of Tim. No, but I, I, res, I, <laughs> I stand for the people. I have small d democratic tendencies where I like the the people, and I don't I don't feel there's a need to you know swan around in in an elitist way. I like to stoop down and be amongst the people. So, but if you're a corporation. Why, if, if your only goal is to make money, why would you want to make less Well, money? I also do think that you can make quite a bit of money off all these things, too. But you can't. Like, basically everything that you've proposed is a losing endeavor for all these places. You can certainly, you can, and you have done a good job, describe how they can become losing adventures. But I'm not well, so... Well, they're, they're all losing I'm endeavors not so, to begin with. I'm not as glum Unless as you. Unless you charge in a... Well, I actually run a business. I think you, I understand how dollars and cents work. I think you, you, can, you seem to have no concept I, of that. I think you can play around with things in a particular way where you can make a tidy little profit. But what's most important to me is that people have satisfying experiences, even if it's going to cost someone or a company all their money. It's not well. It, it is not going to cost a company all their money to but have okay. a Jello buffet at a restaurant. Maybe I am a silent investor in this restaurant. Now their profit margin is not as high. Now I'm losing my How money. How is the profit margin not as high? What's that? Do you know how much it costs to make a pot of Jello? Do you have any idea what it costs? Uh, 99 cents or something like exactly. that? Exactly. You charge me $4 for an all-you-can-eat well, Jello buffet. Why don't buffet. places have Jello buffets? I because, hey, no one fucking wants a Jello buffet because they're not 90 years old. I want it. five years old. I want it. Gary, and if there was a Jello buffet at a restaurant you went to, you'd be like, "Man, let me get some Jello." A hundred percent, you're going, Gary. Literally, the only place in the world that has Jello buffets are again Chinese food buffets well, no, that you pet, that you, that you spend twenty dollars on. No. And look, I love a good Chinese food buffet. I'm not above it. But Tim, instead of wanting to turn everything into one, just go to a Chinese food buffet. But you're not always in the mood for Chinese food. Sounds like you're always in the mood for Jello. Yeah, it just sounds like you're always in the mood for buffets. Well, there is always room for Jello. There is always room for Jello, and buffets are amazing. And like, I'm not the only one. When's the last time you were at a buffet? I was at a breakfast buffet at a hotel back in the spring. Okay, so you've been to one in three years. I've been to several. Sounds like they're no, no business. I have at most hotels I stay at. I go to hotels that have breakfast buffets. uh, Can I can I say that a buffet? is maybe, I I said earlier that a single person grocery store might be the saddest place in the world. A buffet is actually the saddest place in the world. You can go to really nice Um, buffets, like brunch buffets at like nice hotels, which I used to do in the past. I agree. And you get excellent food there. You do. But like I, I, for example, when I was staying with my wife in the Calgary Stampede, we went up to a restaurant for its breakfast buffet. Now it was 80 bucks per person. The hotel you stayed at had a a fantastic brunch buffet in, in Banff. A fantastic. Yeah, I, used to go I was also paying fucking $2,000 a night to stay there. Fair enough. But I'm just saying, well, the, the buffet is not nearly that expensive, and it's a fantastic no, buffet. No, that, that's a part of paying that much money, is that you get to have a buffet when yeah, you Yeah, but it. people would drive up for just that buffet. Literally, we did that. How much was it, though? Like $75 a head. 
Okay, so you drove an hour and a half to pay seventy five. But you're also then in the mountains. You spend the day in the mountains. Okay, right? but it's not like, the only thing you, you're doing there. What if it was you? You're Tim. You wake up at eight o'clock in the morning. You're feeling like a breakfast buffet. Are you going to drive anywhere around you to pay seventy five dollars for a breakfast buffet? No, I will answer that for you. Ninety five percent of the time, the answer is no. I mean, you've been to one breakfast buffet in three years. So no, no, I've been no. to several. You could, you could go to the one at the Westin downtown. That's really nice. Yes, I could. And you could, and you could pay 70 bucks to go have that. I'm not opposed to that. It seems like you are because you don't I do it. I haven't done it because you've got to find parking and you've got to get up. and you gotta get you, can pay, you can actually pay for valet parking there. Yeah, you could, but then I still got to get down there, and there's traffic. And like, if it was take next, it over. I thought, I I thought you liked driving. That. I thought yeah, I thought, I thought driving was, was great. Driving is fine. I don't like traffic. There's no traffic in this city. Yeah, you'd be surprised. Well, not compared yeah, to you, large, I would not, be surprised. Not I, I've lived in places with fucking traffic. As there is no traffic here. No, no, that's true. The traffic's not as bad as another. It's not places. as bad. There is no traffic. No, well, there like the be. fact that you might have to stop at a stoplight is what you're. The, the 102. Uh, uh, oh yeah, that gets so bad. You might have to wait three minutes. No, nah, you can back up a while. Oh yes, yeah. Your experience with traffic seems very good. No, no. I mean, obviously, the traffic was worse in Calgary when I lived there. A lot worse. Yeah, there's no traffic here. Not comparably. No. Anyway. Uh, I don't know where we got off top, but breakfast bu- buffets are, go- I don't know, like, I'm not the only person, there are other people, you have guests on your show who are pro-buffet. I'm not like some weirdo out here with the, the, the only The buffet. argument isn't pro-buffet, but you thinking that every restaurant should have a buffet is fucking ludicrous. It'd be so awesome if no, every wouldn't. place had a, had a buffet. And they could choose what it is that's in their buffet. You want to just have pudding and jello and like bits and bites and Why stuff? Why do you think people it. want pudding and jello? Like that's old folks. Like old I like it. hospital food and old folks home. I like it. This that's, is that's this is the thing. Like I, I like it. I have been known. Like I I often drive to Pittsburgh. My my sister was going to university there for a while. Why didn't you I take really a flight that t- that takes thirteen minutes? Should have you know. Um, but the halfway point is basically Erie, Pennsylvania, which is not the greatest place in the world, mind you. But I'll stop at like I've been known to stop at the Golden Corral while I'm in Erie, Pennsylvania. The saddest place in the entire world. I would say the clientele in that Golden Corral is probably averaging about 325 pounds. And if they're not that heavy, they are 85 years old. Those are the only people at buffets. Like, it's just not what you want your fancy restaurant to be, Tim. Well, I agree with that. I'm not saying they should just be buffets. They can have a little tiny buffet off to the side, a little buffet room where you can get some stuff. Okay, so you have a buffet room. And that's, like you said, you're not really generating, it's free to use there if there's a buffet there, right? Mm-hmm. Or you could put a table in there and charge people like 200 bucks a head. Well, this is why it needs to be instituted through legislation. So, that, 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 so that's communist there. Tim no, wants just, to institute buffets at all I restaurants. I think the public would like it. The public wants it at every restaurant. I think the, the public, public doesn't like it as a standard. Hey, how many fucking buffets have closed past three years? I mean, no one wants buffets. That has nothing to do with the buffets. It has to do with some health regulations. That they yeah, which are always a problem at buffets. They're just buffets are good. Then like go them. to them. You go to one every three years, and you're Mr. Buffet. I didn't say I was Mr. Buffet, but like when I went to Vegas a couple of times, I didn't go out to That's dinner. That's the buffet capital time. of the world. I went to buffets for it's all It's to my keep meals. you in the fucking casino so you gamble your money. Yeah, but I wasn't going to do that just to gamble. It's because I literally enjoyed the The fair. other people, the buffets are there to convince the other people to stay on the grounds so they gamble their money at that casino. Paul. So let me get this right. So Tim doesn't want 
big packages of food because he doesn't want to waste food. But in an economy where its margins are so tight for restaurant owners these days, buffets create a whole bunch of food waste. But if it's somebody else's problem, the self-proclaimed man of the people, if it's someone else's problem, well, I want it. That's your problem. That's, what, that's how I'm reading into this. Well, I think that's a somewhat uncharitable reading of what I'm saying. Like, well, I, I don't think it is. I, I, it's up to the restaurateur how he or she wants to arrange their buffet, and they can do it in a way that they can make money. I don't care if you charge an outrageous amount of money for that. You know what? You so think- if I owned a restaurant, my buffet would be um, I'd put all the items at the buffet on a menu, and then you would have to talk to a sort of like a in-between member I would, of the staff. I would call a consumer and tell affairs them what on you. you wanted from the buffet, and they would go get it for I you. I would report you to the the authorities. Say you're breaking the rules. This do is you, not what a buffet is. Do you think is. if buffets made money, then people would do them? Yes, but I think they do make money. Do you really? All the ones out of business now? Well, there weren't. I think there's a stigma to buffets in part. That people don't think that they make. But it's not ex- like they don't every, have excellent if buffets food. were so popular. Like there's a fast food restaurant every two steps. But buffets are super popular. It's not like you saw a bunch around to begin with, and they all went out of business. Well, buffets are different than fast food. You can get that and, and go. Like a buffet, you got to commit your time to being there. You got to try to eat your value in food, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's a slightly you don't different have thing. Have to do that? Well, you don't have to, but like, you should. Maybe some people aren't gluttons. That's why they don't want to go. Well, I don't think you have to be. I mean, well, if you're gonna, if you have to eat enough to get your value on the eighty-five bucks of breakfast. Oh, food. you can't. You can't beat an, if it's eighty-five bucks. You cannot beat the house. You can. Try to break even, maybe, but even that's tough. What, if they have crab legs, well, if they have crab legs, it's not hard to beat the house. Like you, you don't even have to eat that much at a seventy-five dollar buffet with with king crab legs in order to beat the house. Like just take the steam train, you're good. And so I think I wanted to talk about something quickly when we're talking about airports. I'm not. I don't think we've talked about this before, but airports sort of like a Vegas casino sort of like independent to time. They don't really exist on the normal plane or the normal 24-hour spectrum. Is it... Can, can you can you drink at any time in an airport? Yes. If is it's it open. socially okay to drink yeah. at any time of the day in an airport? Because yes. I think it is. I, I, so, I would yes. agree with you. I, I don't like drinking at airports, though. It's too expensive. I, I kind of do. The, the cost, I don't care about. No, oh, fancy, man. I don't... Uh, of course. Everyone knows this about me. But... I just don't like, like, I don't like drinking on planes. I never understood, I mean, people, I guess, because you don't take as many drinks to get inebriated on a plane, I guess. Maybe it is, but if I I have, like, a a draft and then walk onto a plane, I just feel like shit. Yeah, I I agree, but at the same time, if it's open on an airport, you're you're free to consume whatever's available. I'm actually surprised there are more people, like, with the free booze that are in airport lounges. You don't see a lot of people just, like, standing next to the tap. Constantly refilling. Well, because well, you you're not like allowed if you're on the plane. you're in an airport lounge, you're probably like traveling for business. I mean, I think that's one of the reasons that that's I true. am so affable to drinking at an airport is I rarely travel for business. If I'm on a plane, I'm going on vacation. That's true. And you also, you will not be allowed on the plane. And everyone knows that if you're too inebriated. This is true. I remember the, the maybe I ruined it for myself. It's like drinking Kahlua. First time I ever got drunk, I drank Kahlua and just threw up everywhere. And I, I can't smell coconut in a like, drink. Like that guy, just like, remember that guy who was funneling the creme liqueur at the Buffalo Bills game? I do remember oh, the guy who was oh, funneling oh, the, the Bailey's Irish cream. It just seems like a bad idea to get drunk on that or Kahlua. Yeah. 
there we are. Ugh. Either way, so I can't drink Kahlua anymore. Or even like coconut smelling drink. If I smell the coconut, like in rum, like I'm off, I'm off of it. Like it just makes me feel sick. Understandable. The first time I was of legal age to drink and took an airplane to go, I was visiting my friends in Toronto. I got wasted. <laughs> On those like little bottles, yeah. of, like Captain Morgan on the way up. I got, I was only there for two days. I got off the plane. I was so fucking drunk. I like wasted my entire trip. <laughs> yeah. That sounds awful. Yeah. And then I just never did it after. So maybe if I didn't have that experience, I'd be more open to it. But just, yeah, like even like having a glass of wine, like one, maybe. And you do feel a little bit like you can start feeling it oh, you right do. away. I just, some people do it because they have anxiety about flying. I, I get understand that. that. I don't. So. I don't have a reason to do it. And I feel like it affects my time when I get off the plane, potentially. And I'm there. I'm taking the trip for the stuff I'm doing off the plane. Yes. Not the stuff that I'm doing on the plane. Or some people just are uncomfortable not having a drink after so many hours in a row. Alcoholics. Well, not, you don't not have to be an alcoholic. <laughs> I mean, but, it, it, but by that description, I think that's what you're talking you about. No, not quite. Like I'm saying like, you know, like you're used to having a drink you know, twice a day or something. I wouldn't consider that to be... Maybe it is. Okay. If you if you have to have a drink so badly that like if you're like hey I got to meet my quota for today doesn't matter where I am okay. but I got to get these two beers down it's probably a bit of a problem fair enough I don't know I I had um I don't know if they do this in other airports I'm sure they do but it at Toronto International they have this like little mini video poker you can play as you're just like sitting at the bar kind of killing Sounds time. Fun. And if you win enough hands like you accumulate points and then you can trade the points in to get like the snacks that you get on the plane. That is a capital idea. So I just remember we were going to Scotland and I, you know, got there way too early. I, I think uh, my mother-in-law decided we needed like six hours before takeoff to make what? sure we got through customs and everything. Sounds like my wife. So we sat there for so long. I must've had like six beers, played <laughs> video poker for five hours and won like 19 packets of gummy worms or whatever. It was a great time. I was going to say, sounds like that was time well spent. I loved it. It was fantastic. It's like, I, I don't have the money for it, but I've always thought like high limit slots would be the most fun thing to play in Vegas. I really do. That would be the most fun I think that would be so to exhilarating to have like a super high limit slot machine to play. That'd be like a lot How did we get from I'm playing free video poker for gummy worms to high limit slots would be the best thing. I just think it would be a lot of fun if, if I don't have the money for it. But if I have that kind of money, where you could bet like $5,000 a pull or something. Like that would be that is, like, that is essentially the lowest form of <laughs> that gambling. That would be so much fun. What, what if they just sold you scratch tickets that cost 10 grand a piece? That would be exhilarating. You'd want that vowel so badly to make that crossword puzzle work. Are you kidding me? Jesus think, what the payouts would, think what the payouts would be on those things. One thing I haven't, and maybe someone can explain, maybe you guys know, maybe an American can explain it better to me. Why are there still pennies? In America? Oh, my God. It's so stupid. I don't get it. And, like, $1 bills, I don't quite understand either. It's not that I... That's a different issue, though. Yeah, but I, I don't quite have, like, a... Is it for strippers or drugs? No, no. Well, just that's... The reason that we you have pennies or don't have pennies is different than why you have a dollar bill or a dollar No, sure, but, like, it just... Like, I'll get change from somewhere if I have to pay in cash in America, and I get, like, a whole bunch of $1 bills. I get pennies. Like, what is this shit? Yeah, I mean, I... S- did the rest of the world like to like where do pennies still exist? Is it just America? I, I don't think so. know there enough. Can't, there can't be many more places. I mean, part of the reason I remember 2013, I was opposed to getting rid of pennies. And the reason was just I didn't want to concede the inflationary factor. 
Because once you get rid of them, they never come back. You're sort of conceding permanent are you, inflation. Are, are you saying that our current global inflation crisis is because most countries got rid of pennies? No, no, no. But when you're getting rid of the penny, what you're saying is that inflation is guaranteed and permanent. And it's not always – there are indeed and sometimes deflationary moments. And if you've gotten rid of the penny, you're in some trouble perhaps if we hit a deflationary moment. You don't have a mechanism for people to actually – anyway. So, the, I mean, it, it had all to do with sort of a logical – issue I had with it, not with the, like, the need for having pennies in your pocket. Like, I couldn't care less. I don't feel any loss of having pennies. No, I, but, but imagine you start getting pennies again. You're would, like... Yeah, it would be, the, the, it would be mostly weird. It's, it's pennies are mostly wasted money. Wasted in the sense that it costs more to produce a penny than the penny is worth. And, and you can't actually... Things how cost many so pe- much money that you can't spend them anywhere? Or just like, when it comes to that, like how many people who had pennies or have pennies were just in a drawer somewhere or like in an old bank and they never get cashed in and they get thrown out? It was waste of space. That, waste that's of space, waste of money. So I totally get that's the That's what logic I find about $1 I bills I didn't like well. the idea of, of, con- of conceding the inflation. I, I think the $1 and $2 coins are a great idea. I mean, I, I don't love one and two dollar coins. It just it seemed it seemed to me, depending on where I was, maybe it was just my experience of being there, that digital transactions were far less common in America. They are than they were everywhere else I've been in the world. They are like if you describe to our American friends what debit is, it doesn't even well, they work have the same, debit, but not quite the same way we do. Their debit isn't quite it's, the same. It is type funny of thing. to like to have an American like pay a bill at a restaurant in Canada. Yes. Like they, they half the time they don't know what those machines that come out to the yeah, table that's, are. That's, a, that's not an American yeah. thing. Like there was a lot of, they would still, like there are very few places that I've been tap. in. Tap is one thing, but like just even using Apple Pay to pay for everything. It's like boom, boom, boom. Went to France, Apple Pay. Went to Monaco, Apple Pay. Well, I think- Go across Canada, Apple Pay. Now some of the places in like New York and San Francisco had it, but other places that I've been like, and, and even at higher end places, they will come out with like the bill and the thing and like, oh, I need to take your card back here. You need to sign for it. Like, there's none of that shit. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just no. a way. Like, is it- part of the logic is that there are just simply, with a country of 330 million people, there are so many people who you are living. Do you think this is a problem in China? I don't know. I think who you are, just have a watch that who, pays for Who are living a more cash-based existence. In China? I think no, every, I don't everything know, is digital. I don't know China. I'm talking the United States. I think the way that I, a good number of people in a 330 million uh, population in the United States with such disparities in income. There are a significant number of people who live cash-based existences. And so you don't want to prohibit those people from being able to spend and use legal tender. And I just think it's not the same type of problem in France, or the United States, or Great Britain. Like there's actually a demographic reason as to why cash, based on the types of jobs people have, their immigration status perhaps, that cash is their lifeline. And if you remove their capacity to spend cash, you really do great violence to their way of life. Okay, I can understand that. But I'm surprised that the government wouldn't want that. Like if, if vaccines are a way to put nanobots in your arm to track you, why wouldn't they just have digital <laughs> currency, which would also track you? Yeah, well. And, <laughs> and, and not exclusive digital. Like That's the thing. It's not like these places aren't taking cash. It just seems to be like if you're going to have the credit card machine anyway, and you're going to have this technology anyway. It's not like they're saying you can't pay in cash. It's not an exclusive digital yeah, transaction. No. That their method of digital transaction seems to be like 15 years behind. It does, and I wonder if that's got to do with IP. Like, I don't know, is Moneris a Canadian company? I, I, I doubt it. Uh, like, is I don't know. Is anything a Canadian company? Well, oh, some, yeah. some, sometimes things are, right? Or that they, that they're, 
there are certain IP owned by other companies that aren't using it in the United States. That's why it's not happening. Or it, it just seems strange that it happens. It is strange. It is strange. Like you really do feel like in a lot of ways, for as advanced the United States is in all these ways, that the way you conduct commerce feels like you're living in 2006. Yeah. It's weird, man. And it's hard to explain, but it just... You know that sort of going. You actually do need cash when you go to the United States in a lot of ways. See, I, I never felt like in I the same need, way that you don't traveling elsewhere. Like it's, it's funny because like I didn't feel like I needed cash to be there. I, I, that's not what I'm saying. It's just the convenience of paying digitally just took a lot more time than yeah. it would anywhere else. And then I went to Mexico directly after, just like everywhere else. Yeah, it, it, it's <laughs> like, strange. It really I, I'm strange. sure there are institutional <laughs> reasons for it, but yeah, maybe it's a red tape kind of thing. I'm sure that it has got to be something like that. It's got to do with the property rights to But when someone brings out or... like a Chase credit card machine in the United States, it's no different than bringing out a Chase credit card machine in Canada. But maybe those machines are set up in such a way that you can only take a Chase credit card with it. That doesn't seem Maybe right. I can't use my MasterCard on that machine. It's like Costco style where you can only use a particular type yeah, of card. Yeah, that, but that's an exclusive lease. That wouldn't go... I don't know. Would it surprise you in the United States if things were so individualized that you can only use particular machines for particular cards because the fees are so much higher if you use... Well, I mean, but that's usually... Like, it, places that don't take American Express do take American Express. They, they just, just don't want to pay the because fees of the cost. associated yeah. with it. But... I don't know. That's different. There's always an explanation for why these things are the case. It's just... It's not self-evident. Yeah. I, I just found it really strange. Yeah. And not something that I've thought I would experience. No, it is weird. Anytime I go to the States and I just have a pocket full of change, like this is weird. I'm like, I, I mean, I remember, oh, I, I, I remember this life, uh, but like I thought I'd left it behind. I, I just left Virginia two months ago and I left, I think a stack of like 35 pennies on my sister's of course. bedside table. I was just like, I don't want this. Take it. <laughs> like not, not in a good way, but just, I don't want these pennies. This is a relic of a bygone era. It's funny because I brought a bunch of cash with me to Vegas because obviously yeah. going to bring cash to Vegas. When I came back, like I checked uh, checked like my wallet. I was like, oh yeah, I basically have as much cash as I came back with. I was like, these are all fucking oh, one dollar bills. bills. <laughs> <laughs> and it's bad like when you're trying like especially when you have the one dollar bills and you shove them in with the rest of your money and then you go to like sit down at a table and start. It's like you really need to. Yeah, no, it's like, look. Is it my fan with a one or a hundred here? I know they look slightly different. They don't look different enough. No, they don't. They don't look different enough. They are all green. Nah, it's bad. Bad. Bad days. They should get rid of the $1 bill. There really doesn't, isn't a need for it. Well, I know that when I lived yeah. in Jersey, I know what, yeah. they had the Sacagawea dollars. Oh, okay. That were there. People fucking hated $1 coins. People I hated paid, $1 coins when they came in I paid in at a restaurant. because I, I went to the, uh, the Jersey Transit to get into Manhattan. And when I put in my bill, it spit out a whole bunch of $1 coins. So I had like $16 and $1 coins. I remember I went with Sussman to a meatball place, and it was like 13 bucks or something like that. So I had 16 bucks. I was like, oh, here we go. And he was like, couldn't have been more offended that I was, you can't pay with change. It's like, they're $1 coins. So what you're telling me is if I left 16 $1 bills, that would be fine. I can't leave 16 $1 coins? He's yeah. like, no, you can't do that. But I bet you. But I, I feel like that's why they never caught on if because you go of back, that mentality. If you go back to the archives in 1987 or 1996 when we introduced $1 and $2 coins, I guarantee you the exact same opinions were expressed by people. And they just had, well, to, had to put up with it. They just had to put up with it. When, Whenever the government institutes anything, like you go back and you listen to people talk about having to put wear seatbelts yeah. in cars. I mean, there is going to always, yeah. The question is just, are, is the government willing to just tolerate that type of momentary pushback or not? Well, I just don't know if it's 
I mean, getting rid of pennies is super easy at this point because you round up, you round down, whatever it is. It all kind of comes out in the wash. You probably pay a little bit more. You almost certainly do because you round up three, four, five, and you round down one, two. Yeah. But either way, it's negligible in a lot of ways. Um, when it comes to like, because if it's 10 cents, then you pay with 10 cents, like whatever it is. But if most people are is doing- Is that a one liter Coke? It is. It's a liter of cola? The liter of diet You got cola. a large fucking farm yeah. over there, pal? There, there, was a, there was a deal on at the store. What was the deal? It was uh, two for five. Two for five, so you bought two. Do you need to? No, I don't need to, but like- whatever. But if there was a deal- Wait, uh, isn't a, three isn't for a two on... liter of Coke less than $5? Yeah, but I like I want one for the golf course, and I want one to sip here. And so if bottles are far more easy to drink on the course than like a can. So if one pork chop was five dollars, but three were seven, mm-hmm. you're still telling me you would buy the one, huh? That's a little different because I am committed no, to not. drinking Diet Coke every single day. When was the last time you sat? If you bought a pork chop, that you sat down and had one pork chop? Uh, I'll have one and a half. There's three in a package. Well, you can't. I'll cook all three. So wait, then I'll there eat you one go. And, that I'll sounds eat one like a great problem. I'll eat one and a half, but then I have another pork chop and a half that I feel compelled to have to either eat tomorrow or the later on that night or whatever. And I just, I don't want, just, I wanted the pork chop just then. Just freeze I them. I don't have an industrial meat freezer like you all seem to think you need to have to have all this stuff. Dude, frozen. I live in a 400 square foot condo. What are you talking about? Well, I just, I'd love to see how jam packed and disorganized your freezer must be then apparently. Not that I, I I order takeout a lot, to be perfectly okay. frank. Well, fair enough. But like, the way you guys are talking, it sounds like I should have one of those industrial freezers to shove everything in. Uh, I have one of those. Well, that's fine. If you have one of those, they're, great. They're, they're not very expensive. I don't want one. I don't need one. I'm not interested in one. I don't want but, to freeze okay, a bunch okay. of Okay, so you're I'm not sorry you can't fit Plus, all my cake pork is taking up a lot of space in my freezer. Oh, yeah, I, I forgot about your cake. Ice cream sandwiches. Yeah, I have, I, I have enough stuff. I have to have my pizzas that, on hand, stuff like the, that. The last time you bought a half cake, uh, how did that turn out for you? Did and that uh, end up as food waste? It did. So you replaced it with another cake you're not going to eat. I might eat so it. So how come you can have pork chops or different type of food that you it's can't, not have, the that same you can't have in single serving because you're going to eat it, but you have an entire fucking half cake it's not, in your freezer, but you won't eat that. It's not the same thing. How is it not all. the same thing? Because when it comes to the pork chops, you're committing to eating those same things over and over. Over again. and over. It sounds like two meals to you. Or even sometimes three, and I just don't want to eat it more than one. I want it because I have a hankering for pork chops. And then well, I, How often do you want a piece of cake? Not that often, but it's really there for guests as well, right? If I'm entertaining. Forgot it's a guest cake. My apologies. Yeah, like I'm not just buying half cakes for myself to eat. All right. Do you have anything else? Because that's it for me. I mean, that's what I have for the people. And we'll be doing this once a week during football season. Yes. And then at Christmas time. I don't know what we're going to talk about, Gary, at Christmas time. We have plumbed oh, that, find we plumbed that well so many times. I don't know what we're going to come up with, but I'm sure we well, will. Well, I'm, I'm sure there will be something. <laughs> I have a lot of air, airport stuff. I think I, just wrote, I think I just wrote a bunch of stuff down when I was in an airport. Well, airports can be a very frustrating, weird, semi-place to be. You want to like, talk about plus EV? If there's ever a place to spend a little bit more money, if you have it, it's at an airport. I can see The that. convenience factor goes through the roof. Even if you get like a zone up also. Airport zones... If you line up in a zone that you're not in, so let's say they're calling zone three. Okay. This happened to me. I was in zone two, and people were in front of me, and they were not a part of zone two. They were a part of zone three. If someone checks your ticket or you're standing in the wrong zone, it would be worth it, I think, from an efficiency standpoint from the airline. It's hard to find people to do this. So you people, you need like a roving monitor, multiple people, but you wouldn't have to do it for long. That you spend like three months doing this. If someone lines up in the wrong line, it should be in the fine print. You get to board last. And then people would stop doing it. 
I don't, I'm not opposed to that. Board when you're supposed to board. People don't do because the the finite amount of, of overhead space of overhead space is a real problem because people it costs so much money. Yeah. To check a bag at this point, where if you can they just, want to get on as quickly as possible, so that they know that there is space available for exactly their gobs of things that they're bringing on the. No, listen, I I, well, the, I don't check your bag ever, but yeah. I also have to pay more for my seat to ensure that I'm in the proper zone to get on the flight to ensure yeah. that I have overhead seats. And it's nothing to do with the cost of it's checking the It's the inconvenience bag. of waiting for that damn bag to go through the carousel. It's not so much the inconvenience of waiting. It's an inconvenience that it might get lost. Well, okay, that's yeah. also part that's of it. That's the that's big a part of it. Like, you can, because people be like, well, I'm going to, like when we went, we went to four cities over 17 days or something like that. None of us checked a bag. We just did a laundry halfway through. Yeah. That that was a far easier solution. Like everywhere you go is going to have laundry somewhere. You would think so. I'm, I'm with you. I'm on the team. Don't check a bag. But they might have to start charging. That might be the thing. You make the check bag or the uh, the overhead that you have to buy with your seat more expensive than checking a bag, and then like people are just oh nuts I know about it. I know they're they're militant about it and hoping in some ways that they're going to check their bag for but free this, at the but gate. This, but this is why. People are lining up in the wrong zones. It's because they're trying to get on. There needs and the to... airlines don't do a great job of monitoring it. No, because, you know, they just don't want to irritate their passengers, I guess. But what they don't realize is that they're irritating other passengers who uh, are dealing with these line cutters. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But to it, the back of the line, dead last. Yeah, de- dead last. Make that the punishment. Or you're kicked off the flight, one of the two. I don't really care. <laughs> but That's your, like, second or third strike. Yeah. Your yeah, first yeah, strike yeah. is back of the line and then... Whatever yeah, in, that, have, in the TSA system, they have a little note next to your name. Something one time a line cut, habitual line cut. Yeah, habitual after your third line cut off the plane. But it creates congestion around the gate because people are just like they're like milling about yeah, around the zones. They're lining up in the wrong zones. Well, they're not quite in the line, but they're like ready to jump into the line the second yeah. they say they're they're and, zone. And look, if I'm in zone four, I'm exactly the same way. So I'm not saying that I'm above doing this either. I understand the need to get on the plane to make sure that you have your spot. But we need to figure out ways around this now that everyone is doing it because it's making travel far less efficient. I agree. I don't know what the solution is. Maybe it's just first come, first serve. Maybe it's just first come, first serve. I think, I mean, the airlines would probably be better charging more for it. Or they could charge more for it. Hey, you didn't pay 50 bucks. You don't get overhead. You can bring a backpack. Oh, That's yeah. It. Anything I, else? We're throwing it out. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. And there are some airlines that are even like draconian like that. They are, but those are usually like the, the cheapo airlines. Yeah, like that, the one in Ireland. It's like a dollar to use the bathroom. Like they give that money, I mean, away, to, they give a, that money away to charity or whatever. But like it's that's all, like a Europe thing in general, though, Tim. That's that's yeah, true. but you a have lot like, of, a lot of places in Europe. Like you standing room only residents. on certain planes. Uh, again, I don't think that's legal. I thought Ryanair had that. Ryanair? I thought so. I mean, you have legitimate discount airlines in Europe. There are no legitimate discount airlines in North America. No. Like, you have cheaper airlines in North America. But they're not, they're not discount. They're not $2 flights, <laughs> where then your service charge 200 bucks, but, you know, it still comes out in the wash. Yeah. All right. That will do it on the 45th edition of Cuss Corner. Gary, are you subscribed to the Cuss Corner only feed? I am. There you go. Download. Even listen to those ones. And the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast where you can catch new episodes of all of this stuff. I want to thank you all for watching. I want to thank Gary and Paul. And of course, Tim Undergust. That's not my name. You got to wait till the camera cuts to you. Tim Undergust. That is not my name. It's not even on. <laughs> You'd think being in studio now for two years, you would catch on to these things. Look, don't yell at me the way you would yell at Jeff. 
You have to have lower expectations for me. Why do I need to have lower expectations? I'm not someone who's worked in sports media my whole life. I'm just a man of the people. You've basically worked in sports media <laughs> with me longer than Gary has. <laughs> Look, you know, I, I can't defend myself and I won't. All right. <laughs> Chance and I won't. <laughs> Football's coming soon. We released the the four best ofs from last season of In Football up on the feed and up on Mayo Media Network right now. So sub to the YouTube channel, subscribe to the audio podcast, and smash the like on the way out. Thank you all for watching. I'll see you next time. I like that exposed brick behind you, Gary. Uh, it's it's just wallpaper. But oh, is it? I, yeah. You could have fooled me. That Most looks people like seem real... to really like it, though, except Carly. That's much better fake brick than the fake brick we had at our. That looks studio. like real brick, Gary. That's actually a really nice setup. Uh, like, if that, you told me that was real, I'd believe you 100. percent I, when I was looking at the listing, I thought it was brick. And then I believe it. it like, that is like that is really sharp. I have to say. Yeah, it's not bad. It's a uh, it's a nice background. It like I don't have to do much. The old place I had to like hang stuff and. Yeah, no, it's sharp. It I think nice. it, I think it's really nice. All right, thanks, dude. Yeah, you guys going golfing? Nope. I no. have to go to a. Oh, kid, I thought kid. Tim said on the course. Oh, maybe he is. I'm going to a kid's birthday. No, party. I'm not golfing today. I'm golfing Monday for the holiday, but I'm not golfing today. Oh yeah, holiday. Okay. Did you make an official statement on Subway offering twenty thousand dollars to anybody who would change their name to Subway? That's not nearly enough money. Yeah, really. Well, it's free subway for life. Too. Yeah. Oh, still how did money. we not talk about that? A hundred. Yeah, twenty grand is like is nothing. Is nothing to to a company like Subway. Yeah. Didn't Come wasn't on. there a time where you got free subs for life if you just got a subway tattoo? Like that seems like a much better deal. I agree with you because you can conceal that. Why wouldn't you want to show it off? Well, it's just like having Subway as your name. Like Subway Andercast. That was literally How, like, are they checking was literally in with a community, you, a community. How much does it cost to change your name? Enough. And like it's in, in to change your first name. The amount of inconvenience Again, that would be. This is this is a season what season of community was this? Season three, I think, where Britta dates a guy named Subway. Like, really? Could you change your name, collect the twenty grand, and then just change your name back? Oh, I don't know. Could you make it your middle name? Like, I think you have to make it your legal la- name. That was part of yeah, the contest. Yeah, but you can make it your legal middle name. Yeah. Like Harry S. Right? I don't know yes, about that. It doesn't? I go, I go by my middle name, Subway. No, he had two grandfathers both with the name S, so they just gave him the middle initial S. Interesting. Yeah, it's very strange. Experience! Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.